Hello and welcome to another episode of Biomast. Uh, we've got a bit of a, a lighter show this week. Uh, Jay is unfortunately his family is sick and he's having a lot of power issues, so he probably will not be able to make it. And uh, Livy has child aggro, so it's it's just uh, the three of us. But uh, we've got a, a bit of a light uh, bit of topics for for you today. I, I think our last week was was two hours long, which is probably long enough. So uh, do forgive us if it's a little bit shorter. But uh, yeah, so this is episode 140. Um, which uh, is the number of characters that you can have in a Twitter post and also the new format for the State of the Union. So, nice! Uh, that was... Nice. That was very, that was uh, yeah. That's very Jay. That was good. I, I was, I was, I was waiting on that one. Um, but yeah, so uh, I want to thank you for tuning in, and let's go into some shoutouts. So start. Or, sorry, uh, introductions. Starting at the top of the list with Sorizo. Well, I want to give my shout out to um, uh, Black Desert, Overwatch, <laughs> and Star Citizen, which are the sort of games that I play. Um, I'm Sorizel, by the way. I mean, I said it was gonna be a short episode, but uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to go straight into shoutouts. Um, all right, Bait, you're up, man. Hey everybody, my name is Bate, and I am currently playing EVE Online. What kind of ship are you flying in EVE Online? I am flying, right now I'm in a, a buzzard. What system are you in so that people on Twitch can shoot you? I am in a unknown system right now. Yeah. He's in a wormhole where dreams go to die. <laughs> they have names, don't they? I mean, it may take someone at like all episode to find them. But... For, forever, because they pop up randomly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the local space has its advantages. <laughs> Talk in local and be sure to tell everyone where you are because, you know, we get together play a nice game of cards. Um, but yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm Pokey Draven. I obviously help host the show here, write for the blog. I've got something I'm working on and keep procrastinating on, but we'll get it up eventually. Uh, but yeah, so let's get going into our topics here. So, uh, new trailer for Logan. That's the, uh, old Wolverine, uh, film that's coming out, which looks freaking awesome um did you guys uh check out that trailer yeah i'm uh i i'm really like i was kind of kind of iffy on it when i saw like the the first trailer i was like i i, I don't know how what this is gonna be if this can be good um i i really like the second trailer this is this is good um there's uh there's a red band version of it too which has you know obviously a couple f-bombs it's and uh, a line at the end of it that is absolutely hilarious. Um, oh yeah, yeah, that was great. I, I actually hadn't seen that until you showed it to me before the show. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Patrick Stewart, man, he's uh, it, it, and they had to make him look older for this film. That's the greatest part about it is he does not like age, and they needed to make him look really old. So they had to actually put like makeup on him to make him old. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's 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 good stuff. I, it was kind of funny because I actually was just flipping through Facebook and. Um, this trailer popped up, but I didn't really catch what it was. I thought it was actually a commercial for something else. And if you haven't seen the trailer yet, um, check it out. But if you have kind of the opening scene with the girl, I, it doesn't really scream, hey, this is an X-Men trailer until, you know, um, stuff starts happening. But I, it was pretty amusing. I was like, oh, what the hell? And they're like, oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, when when uh, Wolverine comes in and grabs her, it was it was pretty good stuff. And I'm, I'm actually really, really hyped for this one. Like, I, I was hyped before, but after this trailer, I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, we're we're checking that one out. You don't know it's an X Men movie till the claws come out, you know. Pretty much, yeah, like quite literally. But yeah, so this one's coming out. Uh, looks like in theaters and in IMAX March first. So that's that's actually pretty close. That's yeah, that's exciting. And uh, it is, uh, uh, and uh, obviously, or should be obvious by the fact that there's a Red Band trailer. This is like the the second only like R rated Marvel film. This is um, you know after Deadpool. 
Well, I mean, Deadpool proved a lot of points that you can totally make a rated R. You know, we'll call it a superhero film, but it it, it works. And I, I think that in this case, it's actually it's very fitting for. I mean, obviously for Deadpool, it made sense, but for for this, where you've got Wolverine, you know, far in the future, and he is really messed up like the world is pretty broken at this point and he's gone through a lot of shit so i think being able to kind of open up and, and explore that really grizzled part of the personality is is good and when you've had that r rating it lets you kind of get into it more than you can when you kind of dance around you know pg-13 oh yeah that, that absolutely I, I think it um you know it, it does it kind of deepens the character i guess uh which which i like I also did like in the trailer how it is <laughs> maybe 30 seconds into the trailer, I guess, and they uh, they kind of referenced, uh, they didn't kind of do it, but they like explicitly had one of the X-Men comics there and was like, oh, okay, yes, yeah, some of this is is fake, and then some of it really happened, which I thought was cool. Yeah, there's a little bit of a, a little bit of meta there is, is like, yeah, these <laughs> comics, okay. Yeah, and and that's that's something I'd never really seen in X-Men film before, where they actually the comics are part of the world, as in people you know read these, and, and obviously, as he says in the trailer, you know, only twenty five percent of it happened, and most of it didn't happen like it was portrayed. But the fact that in you know this universe, people read comic books about these mutants, and it's you know it it, it kind of helps bring a level of immersion to it where you could say, oh, well, it's, it's almost like our world, that they're, they're out there and these comics are actually about real people, um, which you know, obviously isn't the case, but I, I think it does kind of bring an extra kind of layer of, of fun to it that, you know, it, it is part of the whole thing. I was also pleased to see that I, in the first trailer, the girl, um, the, I don't think we know her name yet, but she seemed just kind of passive and then, you know, she was just kind of going to be a, she's there and we're, we're taking care of her. But in this one, that's definitely not the case. She's definitely a much more active role in, in what's going on in the film. And, and that's, that's going to be interesting to kind of see how they play that one out as well, I think. Yeah. And so I was actually, uh, the other thing is I was reading about um, uh, kind of some of the setting stuff and I actually first saw something that was saying, well, it's like six years after the, you know, days of future, the end of days of future past, you know, kind of left the indication that, you know, everything was back to, you know, good in the the later timeline of, of X-Men. And then I read something else that's actually saying that this is going to be a separate universe that they don't, like, box themselves into, you know, this this plot line for uh, for the main franchise. Yeah, and I think that, that will probably do them some good in the long run because they can be a little more liberal with it and they aren't, you know, dancing around, oh, we can't say this or do this because it might conflict with that. Uh, if you kind of see this as kind of like a one-off, you know, it, it's it's obviously X-Men, but it, it's kind of its own thing. I think that's going to probably do the film a lot of justice and, and let them get away with more that they probably would hold back on because you know how these things go, that they get really convoluted as soon as you start doing an expanded universe over multiple movies with multiple character lines. It, it just It's a total mess. So I think moving along on that one, uh, probably the other trailer that was kind of making a splash, but Zell is probably not quite nearly as excited about. Sorry. Uh, Bates, <laughs> so Bates new... going to be a big fan. You think? You think he's I, too young? I, he, he seemed interested in it last time around, I thought. Uh, oh, the Power Rangers? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. the Power Rangers is, is pretty okay. There's I was no... not impressed. There is now a full trailer for the Power Rangers movie, which I think is also coming out in, like, March. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, if this is any, like, if this is even slightly 
Power Rangers. You're gonna be able, you're, you, I can already tell you the plot. So this you, you're gonna they're gonna fight the villain like as as a as normal sized people, and then um, the villains can be like, okay, now I have this thing to to become super sized. They're gonna do it, and then they'll be okay. So we gotta get the Zords out to fight them, and then they, they do the exact same fight, but like fifty stories tall, and then they win, and then it's over. Yeah, I mean, it's make my monster grow like every episode, and you know, <laughs> yeah. I think in, in, in this case, Bad. I mean, they've they've done a really good job at really modernizing it. I think um, it was obviously pretty pretty damn cheesy back in the day, and they've they've definitely put a level of polish on it that makes it look like a a modern high budget film. Um, that being said, I think it's a film you kind of have to go in expecting it to be pretty hokey intentionally um you you can't take it seriously at all it's not something i'd be interested in but i think if you were a fan of the series and you kind of want to go back and laugh at how ridiculous the original was but you know put in a more modern light it'll probably be enjoyable uh but i just don't see this one doing crazy numbers it's it'll be kind of this this has to be expensive to make it, it looks like a really uh, high, it looks like a really high. Yeah, I mean it, it looks good, but I mean Deadpool also showed us you can make a really badass looking film for cheap, so But yeah, you know, but it, I mean there's a there's a lot less CGI you had to do for for something like true, Deadpool true. and and this looks like it's it had to have cost a fair chunk and I don't think it's going to make it back. But, you know, you know, whatever. Well, the thing whatever. is, the movie may not make it back, but when you release a movie of an old franchise, you can merchandise the shit out of it, and people will probably buy it. Yeah, I know. like that's it's, it's, that's it's all about selling toys. Hi, Star Wars. Toys, T-shirts. How many? How many kids later this year are going to have Power Rangers backpacks? But the thing is, like, but the thing is, is they still make like the Power Rangers TV series. They they literally they churn those out like every every year, and all they do is they so they. It's it's you know it's a big deal in um in uh, Japan and then uh, what they do is they literally just film the parts that are not in co- in the costumes it, with U.S. actors and stitch it all back together, dub over it, and they're done. Because you you don't have to yeah. you don't have to reshoot anything with them in costumes because you can't see their mouths move when they talk. Um, and and they've been doing this for like 20, 30, 30 years. 20 25 years oh yeah they've been doing this forever and it's just it's just it's it's so tacky i'm sorry well and that's my point is that i think that you have to go to it expecting it to be kind of kind of cheesy and tacky and and if you can appreciate it for that you know more power to you i think that there's there there is joy to be found in films that are intentionally bad um or even ones that are unintentionally bad but uh like like my brother just said sharknado you know They've made what four Sharknados. Everyone knows that movie is total shit, but they see it because it's it's hokey and it's stupid. I think this will probably fall. That is the greatest success that movie studio has ever had. That movie that Sharknado is from the company that literally makes like a every sci-fi original movie that's like you know Mega Shark versus Mecha Shark and stuff. That's them, and they make like. After every Transformers movie comes out, they make like a knockoff mockbuster called Transmorphers. Um, I mean, that's this company, and the Sharknado is the only like actual good movie. Well, not good movie, successful movie they've ever made. They spend like ten thousand dollars making those. Though. They're 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 cheap. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's 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 straight to TV stuff. I mean, it, it, you have to know that sci-fi films are pretty much always going to be absolute shit. You just you know you hope that you can enjoy it for for the fact that it's total shit. It's actually um if I, I seriously I may throw this in the show notes. There's um 
a really it's it's really interesting to read about this this studio it's called the asylum that, that made the sharknado films and they're actually they're they're actually wildly successful as a business model because they sell bad films that they make cheaply to things like netflix and sci-fi channel that don't particularly care about the quality um so it's not like anyone there is trying to make anything decent it's just they're just trying to literally just knock off and shoot out as much crud as they can as fast as they can as cheap as they can and and to to the lowest bidder who will buy it um really interesting article on how the company works i mean yeah we we do that every week right we just shit out something once a week best we can to the lowest bidder which is free and you know it, it works right we've got our our six followers i swear we have seven man you just don't know about that seven maybe, maybe seven <laughs> okay okay uh, <laughs> anyways, um, let's move along here. So, uh, Deadpool, Deadpool two, um, still in production, uh, and they do have confirmation that Negasonic Teenage Warhead and Colossus will also be in the movie again, which is great. Um, and I think they're also planning on expanding the uh, the, the cast a bit with with more X Men. I think Fox is giving them the go ahead since you know the movie has proven itself to be you know a decent franchise <laughs> if you've looked at the numbers. So. Uh, you could probably look forward to, to some more more heroes there, I think, don't you think? Um, well, I mean, so Cable's obviously going to be in it. Um, that was, you know, talked about in the end credits, and that's definitely still going uh, going forward. Um, I I don't I think they'll probably try and stray away from from really like dragging in the big name cast. Um, they there's an intentional desire to make to continue make sure this continues at least feeling like you know a, a side. A, a little bit of a sideshow um i if anything i i would not be surprised to see them pull in like other like odd sounding x-men you've never heard of or something like that um more than bringing in any main cast um although as, as always i really hope that that hugh jackman shows up somewhere just because but you know well and, and they love they love teasing that one because i mean obviously the characters deadpool and wolverine are, are very closely connected in hilarious ways and uh, ryan reynolds has said repeatedly he desperately wants hugh jackman to be in the film i mean in the first one they they joked about it a lot by you know stapling a cut out of a magazine of hugh jackman to his face um <laughs> so he can have him in the movie um and, and, and hugh jackman i think he said he's done doing wolverine but he said he heavily considered doing a cameo for deadpool just because it, it kind of needs to happen and you know, it'd be a lot of fun. Well, Don, I mean, people say they're retiring all the time, but if the right opportunity comes up, they will. I mean, Leonard Nimoy retired from acting like five times and he still came back and did like, was the main villain in a transformers movie after he retired and he was on fringe after he was retired. And, you know, <laughs> then he voiced the main know. villain in kingdom hearts and then he retired. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, the the only true retirement is when you're dead. Yeah, and and there's uh, actually a couple of days ago on uh, Ryan Reynolds' Twitter account, he posted a picture of him, Hugh Jackman, and Pierce uh, Brosnan sitting on a couch together, um, with with no comment, but obviously trolling that hey, I'm with full Wolverine and Bond, so you know. Whatever, please speculate. Basically, <laughs> so we'll we'll have to see. I, I think it'd be it'd be hilarious if they could actually get him in there for Deadpool 2. And, and even if it's not like in a official capacity or just, you know, like a main part, just having him in there somehow would be, would be great. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. 
in so speaking of, of Leonard Nimoy and specifically Star uh, Star Trek films, uh, do you want to tell us about what's going on with this? Uh, at, I can't pronounce it. Axonar is, is that yeah. the, the lawsuit? Yeah. So um, I threw this out here because um, I thought it was really interesting. I've been following it for a long uh, for a long time, and uh, it, it looks like this this little story is finally coming to the, to a close. So a uh, little backstory is um, that. Fan films are one of the are, are something that you know you see in a lot of franchises. I've watched a, a bunch of little Batman related fan films on on YouTube and stuff like that. But nobody nobody really takes it quite to the extent that Star Trek does. And obviously, a big part of that is that Star Trek has been around for fifty years. So people who are big fans of it as little kids, you know, now have maybe some extraneous income lying around and want to you know build this big giant project. You know, it's been. Um, and and the thing is, is for the most part, Paramount has o and and CBS has always taken a very hands off approach to uh, what fans do uh, because they're fans, and so they they've there you've seen cases, especially with companies like Fox suing Firefly fans and stuff like that. Paramount and CBS have generally been incredibly lenient, and there was always this kind of standing understood policy that if you weren't making money on it and you weren't making the franchise look bad. And you weren't getting legal trouble involved. You could do what you wanted, and so there's been a, a huge community of fan-created Star Trek content um, that almost certainly dwarfs what's created by every other franchise. To give you an idea, there are running series that are several seasons in of fan shows that are, you know, hour-length episodes. They have sets, they have casts. Um, you know, one of them is called Star Trek Continues. They have recast the entire thing. I, th I actually think they have Scotty played by um, James Doohan's son. Um, and they've had guest stars like George Takei and stuff like that and, and many others. Um, and so this, you know, this has, has grown a bit. And then what happened was you started having this crowdfunding trend. And so um, once you had Kickstarter, then you had these fan films that wanted to raise funds to do their, you know, all the effects and stuff like that and to, to you know, pay for, for sets and, and, and materials and, and cameras. And uh, this one came along, this guy named Alec Peters, who's a collector of uh, Star Trek memorabilia, started a, a Kickstarter project to make this film called Axanar. And uh, he, he raised over a million dollars, which is, you know, serious production money, level you know profit at, at least when you consider like a tv episode of star trek um to make this full-length movie that was of course to be a fan film um and as the case went forward um you know he he founded a company a production company to to produce this and he hired um he had a couple of full-time staff and various part-time people he uh, sought out actors who actually several had actually been involved with uh, the Star Trek franchises over the years. Um, and uh, he actually managed to get some of the uh, visual effects artists who had done work on the old Star Trek TV series as well. So um, he had a lot of very professional, you know, active in Hollywood professionals on board with this project. And, um, you know, as a, as a uh, crowdfunded project, he was reporting his expenditures and everything occasionally back to back to the community. And as he was in fact paying uh, his full-time people salary. So this was really operating like a business and he had plans to, um, you know, move to renting out the studio after, after this and, and, you know, really growing this as, as a thing. Um, 
And so, um, unsurprisingly, uh, he got sued <laughs> um, for copyright infringement because, uh, I, you know, at the point you're paying people salary, including taking salary for yourself, you can't really claim that it's a fan film. Um, and and so, um, it was this big, big legal thing. Actually, J.J. Abrams said, well, we think he shouldn't be sued. You know, I'm going to make this suit go away because, you know, you shouldn't be treating your fans like this. And of course, I think J.J. Abrams found out very quickly that a, a director or producer of a single film or two films has no sway in the grand scheme of a giant MPAA company that, you know, movie producer, because nothing actually came of J.J. Abrams claims that he would just make the case go away. Um, and and Axanar actually had a lot of fan support from people for a while, um, and I think I think that kind of drifted away um, because especially because he he acted like he had a defensible claim to be making this film, um, and he really didn't. It got it got to be silly. Um, they tr- he tried to suggest that like the Klingon language was was you know a, since it was a, a a language that it wasn't something that they could copyright. Um, it it, it just got senseless. Um, and as the case was, this hit uh, a lot of other fan films because there were other projects to make like episodic shows and stuff like that uh, in the works involving other Star Trek actors and other producers. Um, and Paramount and CBS really locked it down. They basically they issued a uh, list of requirements for fan films to meet, which was basically that the max length you could go was two 15 minute segments. Um, you were forbidden to do to use anyone who had ever been worked in a professional star Trek production capacity, which ruled out all the actors and effects artists. Um, and, uh, that if you, you had to, if you had, were using any like uniforms or props that were licensed out to, you know, companies that you had to buy the, the appropriate licensed merchandise, you couldn't just make your own, um, bunch of restrictions like that. They put most of the other fan film projects out, um, you know, out of operation entirely. Um, one of them actually decided, um, this was the one that was actually, uh, included, uh, Tim Ross, who is Tuvok on Voyager and several other Voyager actors, but he was really leading it. Uh, they're actually, they just changed their fan fiction to just be like an original universe thing. They're just kind of tweaking it, um, to just take it out of the Star Trek universe because they can't even meet this, this new fan film policy. Um, but so it came out this week that, um, uh, the, uh, Axanar creator, and uh, Paramount had reached a settlement and that he was just going to produce uh, Axanar's the two 15-minute segments like uh, like uh, they're requiring. Yeah, and then that's kind of the, the the read I got is that a lot of the the stories I read on this, they, they don't specify that, oh, by the way, he was actually paying people to do this. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, yeah, that changes everything. I mean, it, it, at first glance, you think, oh, wow, they're just picking on a, on a fan project. But it, it sounds to me like it, it very much was not a fan project. It was it was a full-on production that was being done, you know, without authorization, which is, I, yeah, like, like, really, guys? Like, if, if they had done it, in their free time and the money was for equipment or something that's more reasonable. But when you're paying people, that's for profit at that point. I mean, this isn't a charity. It's, you, you can't say that's nonprofit. It's just, it's crazy, man. Just this whole thing is just nuts. Yeah. It, it, it was really one of those things. Like as soon as I saw it, I'm like the best thing he could have done for, for everyone else in the Star Trek fan community was to immediately back off, shut down and, and just stop and he decided to go to court with it. And um, I honestly, I think he screwed over a lot of people because there was a lot of good, well-meaning fan projects out there. 
and uh, I, I think, and I always kind of knew um, that it was one of those things where one only one person had to screw up to to cause the company to find reason to crack down. Because, you know, the 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 thing with with copyright and trademark is if you don't defend your right to a, to that claim, um, you pretty much lose it. If you're not actively defending it, they're they will let you, you know, they will let others have it if if you're not trying to keep it. And so you knew they couldn't let it go. You, you know, they couldn't let it happen. And, uh, you know, it, it hit pretty hard. But it was it was, uh, you know, it was an interesting case to follow because, you know, we we obviously were big fans of fan created work here and, and kind of the, the community surrounding around, um, you know, games and other projects. And uh, you got to be careful. You can't you can't screw around with someone's, you know, someone else's intellectual property, especially when it's CBS. Yeah, I mean, that's unfortunate. And, you know, you, you would hope that maybe over time they would kind of like relax again and kind of let some of those fan projects that are legitimately fan projects kind of take off and not be a problem. But, you know, I think for the time being, it's, it's going to be pretty, pretty tight. And, and this guy is also in, in kind of deep shit because now he's raised all his money through Kickstarter or whatever to, to do this. And now he can't actually release the film to the people that donated on Kickstarter. And he's on the line for all of these, you know, suits for, for violation of the copyright. So it's like, you're in really deep shit now. Okay. So moving along to uh, our gaming section, I think we're done with all of our film and TV stuff. Uh, Zell, what's going on with star citizen? They got uh, new stuff going on there. Anything interesting we should know about? Yeah. So um, the, the thing is, is that they've posted the schedule for their next uh, minor release, which is 2.6.1. 2.6, of course, was, uh, you know, the addition of Star Marine and, and various other features. Um, this is mostly, you know, stuff that got dropped out of um, 2.6 because things weren't ready. There's, uh, you know, a ship overhaul to, to one of the main ships and um, various balance fixes. They're going to buff, I believe, the, like the sniper rifle and the shotgun because pretty much everybody just uses the AR and the Star Marine segment right now. Um, and uh, there's, I think there's some network and performance tweaks there. And then they're also going to finally roll out um, regional servers because uh, they were entirely on, they were entirely based in the US while they were on Google Cloud. Um, and since they've migrated to uh, Amazon, they are able to uh, launch servers in various regions around the world. Amazon has a lot more regions to work with. Is there any word on if they're increasing player counts? Are they still kind of sticking with their sixteen versus their sixteen man instances? Um, I, I don't think they're doing anything with that yet. Um, I I know that there is like there there's a strong goal to like completely rip out the existing network code and replace it because what they're using now is like. I believe what they're using now is literally like the network code from crisis um, almost as is with extra cred piled on it to make their game work. Um, and they, they're working on ripping out the entire network code and replacing it at some point in the, the relatively near future, presumably this year. Um, but uh, right now it's just kind of optimizations and trying to make it so that people who are not in the United States can play with less than like 200 MS ping. Wait, so they don't have their own engine for this for this game? Um, Star Citizen is a very heavily modified version of CryEngine. CryEngine was used in Crisis, 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 yeah, and oh, oh, various oh. other games. I mean, they've okay. they've, I mean, they've licensed it's a good CryEngine out to plenty huh. of other sources. Um, and then the the big thing with two point six is they started to migrate from CryEngine. It 
uh, proper to uh, Lumberyard, which is Amazon's fork of of uh, CryEngine. Um, and I guess Amazon's fork has some some more things that they've been working on, like uh, VR support and stuff like that. Um, and and CryEngine, the company that makes CryEngine, is actually having lots of business issues, and I wouldn't be surprised if it goes under. So switching to Amazon gives them obviously a certain amount of uh, assurance that things are going to keep going. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's pretty cool stuff. I mean it's, it's again, you know, Star Citizen is one thing that I, I watch with bated breath to see, you know, <laughs> where they take it now. They're successful, but uh, it, at least with <coughs> excuse me, what uh, you showed us on on the stream and whatnot, it it shows that they they actually at least have something that's playable. I wouldn't really call it a game yet, but it's playable, so they're <laughs> they're getting there. And they are. Uh, it, it does look like they're changing some of the Star Marine map uh, map arrangement. Um, they they're trying to make the map layout more balanced between the teams. I didn't I, I didn't play enough matches to where I paid attention to what was the winning side, but I I guess they're not really symmetrical symmetrical maps, and so clearly there's there's some slight advantage somewhere, and they're going to tweak it. And the projected date for two point six point one um is uh February sixteenth um is is kind of where they're aiming there. Well, that's pretty soon though. You got what three weeks then? That's not too bad. Okay, so moving along, uh, another game I wanted to mention that my brother had actually been trying out uh, is a game called Galactic Junk League, and I will describe it as Robocraft, but with spaceships, but if you don't know what Robocraft is, think of it as uh, Minecraft, but you build... um, <clears throat> excuse me, either robots or spaceships, um, depending on which game it is, uh, out of blocks and stuff, and you kind of clip them together, and there's modules and weapons and whatnot, and uh, you can kind of put together these very these robots that vary quite a bit. There's, there's lots of options. It's very cool. Um, both are, are free to play on Steam, but uh, yeah, it, it was kind of interesting to see um, this kind of thing starting to pop up a lot. I mean, you had the success of Minecraft, obviously, uh, and then a bazillion different clones that popped up that emulated it. But uh, I'm starting to see kind of um, more along the lines of that style of, of kind of block building and kind of a cartoony block building style, but for uh, more dynamic gameplay. So games like uh, Space Engineers is kind of one of the more extreme examples. Um, but then there's you know, Robocraft, which is land-based combat, and then the Galactic Junk League, which is space combat. Uh, and it's just kind of a cool a cool thing to see. And I, I think that it's it definitely kind of scratches the itch of those who like to kind of do the sort of stuff we kind of did in Dust with theory crafting on fits, but obviously to a much deeper extent where you're you're building a ship or a robot or you know any sort of thing to to fight and do PvP online. It's 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 pretty cool stuff. So that's just kind of something I want to throw out there. Um, like I said, both of them are available on PC on Steam for free, uh, Robocraft and um, Galactic Junk League. Uh, so definitely worth giving a, a shot if you're into that sort of thing or just kind of want to play around with it for a few hours. It's it's good stuff. Um, but spaceships aside, uh, with you know building blocks, tell us a bit about uh, what's going on with uh, EVE spaceships and specifically the CSM-12. Zell. I mean, I know that's, that election's coming up pretty quick here, right? Yeah, it is. Um it is uh it is coming up in uh february um so they're going to start opening candidacy on february 3rd they're going to go through the whole application and processing period they're going to announce the candidates on the 28th of february and then they're going to have voting from march 6th through the 26th 26th and then uh, announce the results uh as usual during fan fest on april 6th um 
it doesn't look like there there's much uh shockingly interesting here um it might be interesting to note that both alpha and omega accounts are eligible to run so you do not actually have to be really? paid for eve to uh oh. to be on the csm this year i don't know how i feel about that now mind you if you're not paying for eve good luck getting elected but you know yeah you still have to uh, win an election well see here's the thing though like right now in eve you can't tell who's an alpha or, or an omega clone are they going to make you state your clone status in your csm i presume uh, not but i mean it, like you probably wouldn't get like somebody who was who had never played an omega account you know in but like me as a bitter former player could presumably run i i'm i'm not going to but presumably i could Actually, I don't know. Like, I don't know. There were some rules about media joint. I don't know if I could still run. That's interesting. Um. Anyways, yeah. No. Um. It's just the one interesting note that I just saw was that uh, alpha clones can can actually run. Um. It should be. You know. So I guess they are going to publish out a uh, revised white paper, which of course is the document that details the the purpose and rules of the uh, of the CSM. Um. And uh, the summit, I guess, is just wrapping up, uh, and they're going to to hopefully get the summit notes and the revised white paper out before the candidacy period opens. So there should be uh, more news about that maybe in the next week or two. Um, I, I'm kind of interested to see what we get this year because I haven't actually followed the CSM 11 too, too well. Um, but from my understanding, the CSM 11 election results were kind of like the United States election results. Um, it's just a, just a little bit on the, the strange side. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's interesting stuff. And it's, it's, it is interesting to hear about the, the alpha clone thing. I, I think that's, I, I, CCP markets it as a free deploy mechanic and I still disagree. I think it's just a demo, but. You know, like Zell said, I, I don't think you're you're really gonna. If you've always been an alpha clone, I, I, which means you probably haven't been playing for too long, because I can't imagine people would play on alpha clones for very long because it is very limited. It's gonna be hard to to scrounge up the votes, especially with the kind of you know voting blocks and stuff you see in Eve. It it, it can happen, but it, it's just it doesn't seem likely to me. So it's probably not an issue, and they probably just included it. So there wouldn't be problems with people saying, hey, it's not fair to those of us who want to play for free. You know, you said your game is free to play and you're showing preferential treatment to those who pay, which could look bad on the PR front. But uh, I don't think it's going to be an issue. Are we going to get a voting block of of trial players? This could be interesting. Interesting. Uh, We get a voting block of, of like people who are like feel oppressed by the people who pay for the subscription. No. Oh, this is interesting though. So you, so you can run for CSM as an alpha clone, but you can't actually vote if you're an alpha clone, which <laughs> makes sense. But that does you, make you sense. Literally can't, that sense. You literally can't. You can't vote for yourself in the, in the election um, if, if you're an alpha clone, which is, is kind of funny. But it, uh, yeah, it, I mean, that you, absolutely it, makes you, sense. You'd though. have to. You'd have to because yeah, otherwise you'd have uh, Jadik would have whoever several hundred account. votes. Janik would be his own voting block and basically control the election through his usual nefarious robot schemes. Jadik, let's let's be honest. Jadik wouldn't be one voting block. He'd be two or three voting blocks. He would That's run true. this whole show in the background. There, there should actually be like you know those they had like that, that stories from Eve players book that came out where it was you know player submitted stories. 
I think Janet could probably write his own book of all the shit that he has done between Eve and Dust and all the crazy schemes he's pulled. Like, I would buy that. Like, that would be hilarious and intriguing to see all the crazy stuff that he does behind the scenes with his various accounts and shenanigans. And, I, I, and that would be great. Think about how much you know that he's done and how much he's done that you almost certainly don't know. We, we'll have to find. We'll have to ask him sometime. Would he be willing to, you know, start a Kickstarter to have Jadik write his own book of his shenanigans on, in, a in the New Eden University? Yeah. A, a memoir of a neckbeard. We, we can make this happen. <laughs> okay, enough of that. Um, uh, so one other bit of CCPU news, and, and I'll try to word this properly. So someone on the e forums um, was asking around, and presumably they wanted a name for a character that was consumed by a dust player. And had asked, hey, are you guys going to erase all of the Dust player names, you know, to, you know, so people can actually, you know, use these names. And CCP Falcon got on there and basically said that we have no plans at this time to erase the Dust character names. So that's not a confirmation that it's always going to be like that, but at the very least, they have no plans to delete your characters. That being said, it, it stands to reason that they, at the very least, have the capability of transferring your character name from Dust to Nova in the future if that comes to pass. So um, that's good to know that they, they are planning on keeping that for the time being and aren't planning on getting rid of it. So just uh, a bit of information out there for, for everybody. Yeah, that's um, I actually found that really surprising. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I can I can indicate or say because I don't remember what was said when. Um, but I I certainly didn't have any impression for at, at any time that CCP really intended to uh, to retain this or, or live. I, I just didn't get the impression that that was was anything we could. Uh, we certainly had no assurances from CCP that they wouldn't delete this data. So. Um, this is actually kind of inspiring that they're at least hoping to have a you know a way for you to just kind of reclaim your your identity in the in the game, which would be really cool. Well, and I mean, there's not really a whole lot of reason why they would need to do that. I mean, it's not like it's freeing up a lot of you know server space that they need. Um, in, in, in you have no said, idea how much server like... space all of those um, loot boxes take up. Take up. <laughs> Or what? Well, they, what they, they cleared they, some of them out when 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 they were secure lock boxes, I think, or something like that. Those, yeah. yes, that those take up a lot of space. You can build like a, a house with those things. You got to clear all those you boxes. Could. You could. You could. I think I think it's safe to get rid of those, but uh, our name should stay. But yeah, I, honestly, though, I think that they they it wouldn't be that hard to transfer if if they wanted to. I mean, if they have the list of emails that was associated with the PSN for the characters in Dust, it wouldn't be hard to send an email saying, hey, if you want to transfer your character, click this link before this date, and that link is unique to that email. And when you do so, it's you know, it, it registers that character name to that email and kind of auto-creates, or at least reserves that name uh, in Nova, and then they would be able to just go in and make your character and use that name. I, that doesn't seem like it's well, I mean, outside the realm of well, possibility. I mean, you could still sign in with a PSN API. That's not something that's, you know, they could just as easily have people who True. wanted to keep their accounts sign in, you know, make a make a page on the form, um, you know, to, to connect your your uh ccp account or whatever and then and then register it over you could do anything like that there's lots of options for that sort of thing I, but yeah. i was definitely worried about names being taken 
Um, and I'm happy that my character's name is reserved. Yeah, and I think that as long as it's not a technical impossibility, it would it would be kind of a slap in the face to just go out of their way to get rid of him. Um, like, you know, if, if there's no reason for it, then don't do it. I mean, that's that's kind of my my whole point. And you know, to hear that they they have the plans to do so is is good. It you know it, it was a possibility, but I kind of expected them to not delete them, and that seems to be the plan. So that's good to hear. Uh, another thing that's going on, and this is um, hopefully if so I can get this episode out quickly. There is a flash sale going on um, for PlayStation Network. Uh, they've got a whole bunch of games that are um, five dollars or less, and that's going until January twenty third. So uh, basically tomorrow, uh, Monday. <laughs> yeah. So so, so, so ending we'll ending by the time you listen to the show, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, we'll maybe we'll get something out on the Twitter, just you know, paying people in case they haven't heard about it because I, I didn't hear about it until I was digging around for tweets are faster. Donald, Trump, are faster. Knows. Donald Trump knows it's the fastest way to tell uh, everyone. <laughs> 140 characters, right? Um, but yeah, so there, there's a ton of games. I won't go through all of them, but some some ones that kind of popped out to me. Um, Injustice: Gods Among Men is five dollars. That's the uh, DC character. It's the DC character, but it's like a Mortal Kombat fighting game. Um, Thief is five dollars. The oh, Tomb Raider definitive, definitive Edition for PS4 is five dollars. Um, the Order 1886 is five bucks. Saints Row Reelected is five bucks. Um, some smaller games like Limbo. It's it's kind of a side-scrolling, artistic game. Uh, and there's also a lot of PlayStation 3 games on there as well for, for five dollars. So there's Shadows of Colossus, Battlefield 4, Sleeping Dogs, um, I Am Bread is is available for five bucks. Uh, and then like Borderlands 2, Child of Light, Bastion, some some. Uh, some handheld titles as well. So uh, we'll get a link up in the description. We'll get that on Twitter as well. Um, you know, and see, just see, you know, what's available and whatnot. So uh, something to look out for if, if you are catching us on stream or uh, on, on Twitter here. And if you haven't picked up Thief or Sleeping Dogs, oh my God, dude, you got to pick up Thief. Thief is fantastic. I, uh, I got that game free a couple of months ago with uh, my Xbox Gold subscription. And uh, oh my God, I had a ton of fun with that game. Um, so kind of a stealth game, so you're, uh, you're first person, uh, based on the, or it's a, a sequel to, uh, the older Thief games that came out, um, I want to say late 90s, early 2000s, early 2000s. Yep, uh, yep, they did. Uh, uh, so you, you play a, a, a thief, and essentially you, you go around stealing things. <laughs> um, but it's a really fun game. The world is really interesting, really dark, really gritty. Um. And, and Sleeping Dogs, I think, was one of the other ones you just said, right, Pokey? Uh, yes, Sleeping Dogs is also available. Is it, the, is it the definitive edition, or is it just Sleeping Dogs? Is it just the... the it is, it is the definitive edition. It's oh, uh, the whole okay. thing. Oh, oh, good. You should yeah. for, 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 actually Actually, for, for 4.50. Yeah, I mean, it's oh, good dude, deal. Yeah, get that game. Obviously, um, and it's the definitive edition, so it's going to look real pretty uh, on, your, on your PlayStation 4. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's all good stuff. Like I said, the, the list is is much more expansive than than just that. I mean, there was I didn't even look through all of them, but there was like seven, eight, nine pages, I think, of like twelve titles each. I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff oh, wow. on there, definitely oh, worth wow. checking out. Um, like I might even pick up the order eighteen eighty six. I heard it was shit, but for five dollars, you know, I'm I'm probably willing to to at least give it a shot. The game looked uh, looked cool at the very least, even if the reviews were pretty bad on it. So it's it's good to pick up some of those games you might have passed on back in the day, but you know, for for this price, you can kind of afford to, you know, maybe give it a shot. And if if you really don't like it, then you know, no harm done. So be sure to check that. 
another thing that's coming to consoles, uh, Path of Exile. And Path of Exile was a free-to-play Diablo-esque um, you know, style game on PC. It was available on Steam. Uh, and that's actually coming to Xbox One sometime this year. So uh, no, no word on PS4 release, but it sounds like Xbox One is going to be getting this uh, Path of Exile. Um, it's still going to be free to play, um, like I said, 2017. So uh, if you like, uh, if you like, you know, Diablo games, it's it's uh, it's a little bit different. Um, I've only played a little bit of it, so it's it's probably worth maybe poking poking at. But uh, you know, either way, it's it's probably worth a shot since it is free. Uh, one other thing for me is Kingdom Hearts 2.8 is coming out uh, tomorrow, I think, yeah, either tomorrow or Tuesday. Um, I think I might be getting it early just because of Amazon pre-order. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of the final game that's going to be out before uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out either later this year or in 2018. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll give a proper review on that. I, I may not review some of the older content, but there is some new stuff to be seen with the uh, uh, Final Chapter Prologue, the Birth by Sleep 0.2 episode, and then the movie that's coming with it. So I'll, I'll check that out this week and get back to you guys next week with my thoughts on that. Uh, but yeah, is there anything else you guys wanted to, to talk about before we kind of bring this in for a close? I know we're running a little short here, but uh, we kind of expected that. All right, I'll take that as a no. So um, yeah, do you want to do some shout outs starting with Zell? Yeah. The list? Yeah, um, I'm going to give my shout out to uh, Global Warming. Um, because uh, yesterday, on January 21st, of, uh, of 2017 it was 58 degrees outside in chicago i went outside Damn, I, went outside, I, went outside I went outside at out- like 3 p.m with my full winter coat on and i'm like this is unnecessary i don't need this this is t-shirt weather it was uh it was <laughs> it was really really surprising um I, I honestly i i think our weather was probably pretty comparative to florida no how's it going down there bait um, it is, I want to say it's like 70 degrees. It's 69 degrees right now. Um, Still, and, it's pretty darn close for, for uh, uh, you know, Chicago in January. 58 degrees. So, shout out to global warming. Um, I'm not sure whether or not this is a good thing. <laughs> you guys had a really rough, like, December, didn't you? Like, tons of blizzards and stuff? Eh, we got a fair bit of snow. Um we had some rain too. Sometimes it's just like the last two years in particular, there was a ton of like really biting cold where it got like, you know, below zero Fahrenheit where you just like hate yourself and everyone around you until it's done. Um, so then 58 degrees in January is really strange. Yeah. That's, I used to live in Minnesota. So that's, that's abnormal. So I, I, I understand a bit of how you feel with, with um, Midwest winters, but uh, yeah, that's, that's very warm for, for that time of year. So that's, that's weird. But uh, yeah, all right, Bate, you're up, man. Uh, yeah, I want to give my shout out to. Um, oh, what was I going to give my shout out to? I had it and then I lost it. Fuck. Um, you're pulling the Zell uh, here, man. No, dude, I, I like I had it. Zell doesn't have shout outs. Man. Like I had one. Like, <laughs> um, I don't know. It'll come to me. if it comes to, comes to me before Pokey closes. Then I I will I will say something. But okay, I, I would like okay. to encourage. Well, I, I would like to encourage everybody uh, in the southeast of the United States to remain safe. With all of the the bad weather that's been blowing through, I think fourteen people have been killed in Georgia right now um, as a result of all the storms. And I know we got a little bit of rain here, uh, but it wasn't bad. And I'm not sure if we're supposed to get more. So just uh, everybody, hang in there. Don't die. Yeah, man. I mean, be safe out there. I didn't realize that the, the weather was that bad down there. 
It was supposed to be worse than than uh, it was a Hurricane Matthew that came through uh, Jesus. a couple of months ago. Is what they were saying. But we didn't get touched right. here. Well, that's good to hear, man. I'm glad yeah. you're safe. Um, hmm, my shout out. I guess I give my shout out to uh, the team over at Square Enix. They released their 3.5 update for Final Fantasy 14 this week. Um, new story update. Story was freaking awesome and depressing um so I'm, I'm really hyped now for part two it's coming out in a couple months so uh real good update i'm enjoying a lot of the content so shout out to those guys uh other than that i think we are we're pretty good i think we're at like 53 minute mark here so we're, we're doing pretty well on, on length even though we're a little short on topic it'll, so it'll, it'll clock it'll, below 50 once you cut out be, all the silence all the awkward oh, silence and pausing that that occurs in our show, and, occurs in in our show. removing me entirely from the show because that's, oh, yeah. that's pretty standard oh, yeah. practice. That drops about thirty seconds off of it. Let <laughs> <laughs> me cough here. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so uh, I just want to thank everyone for for tuning in, um, either in the stream or in the recording. Uh, we probably won't get the recording up in time for that that flash sale for PSN. It was just this weekend, but uh, we'll we'll try to get a Twitter post out there and and hopefully if you're listening to this, you saw the Twitter post and were able to you know, hop on that sale. So uh, that being said, I want to thank everyone and uh, have a good night and be safe.